When our relationship with God is damaged, everything in our life starts to suffer. We start to make wrong decisions. We even start to harm the innocent. Nothing truly good can be produced in our lives apart from the Lord. When we willfully disobey and rebel against the Lord, only evil can take place. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about disobeying God and how that leads you to wrong others. We can never be good enough on our own. Our reality is that we are sinful people. And because of our sinfulness, if we don't put God first in our lives by learning to love Him, by obeying Him through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will always hurt others, including ourselves. And of course, since there is only truth in the Lord, then we should do what He tells us to do because God's truth frees us from everything evil in this world. The only way we can do what is right is through the Lord and His direction. Today's message is inspired in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 19. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, I praise you and I worship you, O God, for who is like you, O Lord? Heavenly Father, there's no one that compares to you nor the things that only you can do. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O God, that you may always please forgive my sins. I pray for your mercy and for your grace, O Lord. Heavenly Father, blessed are you, O Lord, now and always. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, Holy God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may please guide us, that you may please speak to our hearts, to our minds, O Lord. Heavenly Father, as always, I pray, O God, that you help us to have open hearts, to have sensitive hearts, Lord God, to you. Heavenly Father, help us not to just hear, but to listen to what you want to tell each of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's key passage reading can be found in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 19. This is the word of the Lord. Now Saul spoke to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted greatly in David. So Jonathan told David, saying, My father Saul seeks to kill you. Therefore, please be on your guard until morning and stay in a secret place and hide. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I will speak with my father about you. And what I observe, I will tell you. Thus Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his works have been very good toward you. For he took his life in his hands and killed the Philistine. And the Lord brought about a great deliverance for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then will you sin against innocent blood to kill David without a cause? So Saul heeded the voice of Jonathan, and Saul swore, As the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. Then Jonathan called David, and Jonathan told him all these things. So Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines and struck them with a mighty blow, and they fled from him. Now the distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand, and David was playing music with his hand. 
Then Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he slipped away from Saul's presence and he drove the spear into the wall. So David fled and escaped that night. Saul also sent messengers to David's house to watch him and to kill him in the morning. And Michal, David's wife, told him, saying, If you do not save your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. So Michal let David down through a window. And he went and fled and escaped. And Michal took an image and laid it in the bed, but a cover of goat's hair for his head, and covered it with clothes. So when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, He is sick. Then Saul sent the messengers back to see David, saying, Bring him up to me in the bed, that I may kill him. And when the messengers had come in, there was an image in the bed with a cover of goat's hair for his head. Then Saul said to Michal, Why have you deceived me like this, and sent my enemy away so that he has escaped? And Michal answered Saul, He said to me, Let me go. Why should I kill you? So David fled and escaped and went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and stayed in Naoth. Now it was told Saul, saying, Take note, David is at Naoth in Ramah. Then Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the group of prophets prophesying and Samuel standing as leader over them, the Spirit of God came upon the messengers of Saul and they also prophesied. And when Saul was told, he sent other messengers, and they prophesied likewise. Then Saul sent messengers again a third time, and they prophesied also. And he also went to Ramah and came to the great well that is Sikhu. So he asked and said, Where are Samuel and David? And someone said, Indeed, they are at Naoth in Ramah. So he went there to Naoth in Ramah. And the Spirit of God was upon him also, and he went on and prophesied until he came to Naoth and Ramah. And he also stripped off his clothes and prophesied before Samuel in like manner, and lay down naked all that day and all that night. Therefore they say, Is Saul also among the prophets? In order to understand what is happening in this chapter, we need to look at what happened to Saul. Overall, Saul had major problems with the Lord. One of the things that we need to keep in mind is that God is never wrong. There is always a reason for why God allows things to happen, even those things that seem unfair or strange or unwarranted. One of the things that, for instance, could cause us to suspect that God could have been unfair with Saul, but of course he wasn't, or is allowing for something very strange to happen, is this distressing spirit from the Lord that came upon Saul. If we go to the beginning of Saul's history in the Bible, God grants Saul a great and incredible opportunity. Gracefully or unmeritedly, God selects Saul to be the first king over Israel. If Saul would have remained faithful to the Lord, the Messiah would have descended from him and not from David. The holy lineage was supposed to have started from Saul, but Saul threw that away. Now, God doesn't make mistakes. He gives opportunities. And Saul screwed up his opportunity, willfully. So clearly we see here free will at work, but for bad, unfortunately. There may not be a verse in the Bible where it says literally that man has free will, but it is implied throughout the word of God. For instance, at the beginning of man, God instructed Adam and then Eve that they could eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except of one tree. And so, even though he gave them a commandment, they obviously had access to the forbidden fruit because not only did Eve touch it, but they both ate of the forbidden fruit. 
So they were free to choose to do whatever they wanted. In that case, they chose wrong, and you know the rest of the story. In a similar manner, the Lord chooses Saul out of all of the people of Israel to be the first king and root for the descendants of the Messiah. But Saul chose to never appreciate what the Lord did for him and to disobey willfully all of the things God commanded him to do. And through his disobedience, Saul brought upon himself dire consequences. 1 Samuel chapter 13 tells us ultimately what happened, where it says, And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established a kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. So you see, God had intended to establish his kingdom forever over Israel, but Saul disobeyed. Saul's willful disobedience and disregard for the Lord led him to his own demise. This is also something we must keep in mind. God is truly merciful and full of grace. But as we have shared many times in the past, there is a limit. If a person persists so much in their sin against the Lord, especially in not submitting to the Lord, but rather rebelling and disregarding God's direction, there may come a time when God then makes a decision to dismiss the person. When the Lord is pushed away so much, the Lord himself then makes the decision to go away from them and lets that person pursue their fallen path. And quite frankly, when there is such rebellion against the Lord, the Lord may even aid them in their folly. Why would God do that? Because he is worthy. God is God. He's not some meaningless being floating in the universe. You can't expect someone like him to continually beg people for attention. This is the Lord and master of the universe we're talking about. There are several instances in the Bible that point to God taking a stance before people that simply won't acknowledge him despite his best efforts and good intentions. John chapter 3 verse 36 says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So we see here that when there is a refusal to believe in the Lord, when there is this unwarranted rebellion against the Lord, something very concerning happens, that God's love shifts to wrath. And that is a very dangerous position to be in. We see that this happened to Pharaoh. God had called out to Pharaoh through his wonders, calling on him to not only let his people go, but to turn to the Lord. Let's look at this for a moment. God performed five wonders, the first ones, to persuade Pharaoh to let his people go. But in those instances, the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. But something happens at the end of the sixth plague. There is a detail we cannot miss. Rather than Pharaoh harden his heart against the Lord, it says, but the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not heed them just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. And the same thing happened after the eighth plague and the ninth plague. And of course, when Pharaoh pursued Israel after he let them go, where God ultimately destroyed his army in the Red Sea. And so there is a very good example of where God gives opportunities for repentance. But when they are dismissed, when God is despised and rejected, then God may change things up and make decision to bring about destruction and terror. We also have this New Testament lesson in the Bible where God, through his word, shows that when he is not acknowledged, when he is rejected, 
that he gives people over to a debased and corrupted mind so that they can just follow down their dark path of destruction. Romans chapter 1 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their heart to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So you see, it is quite clear that when there is this constant rejection of the Lord committed by people, God may then choose to turn things around and help them not to find their way to him. He ultimately allows for their own wishes to come true. It's like saying, you don't want anything with me? Then I will let you get what you want and you will not find your way to me. You will get exactly what you want. And so knowing this, is it any wonder then what we are seeing today? That there is this constant rebellion against God and there are more and more people turning against even their own very nature. Could it not be that God is already giving up so many people to their own folly because they have rejected him for so long and time and time again? Can we even think that this turning of society away from the Lord, even among those that profess to be believers, is an accident? What we have been reading could lead us to believe that maybe God has had enough and he is helping many in the world pursue their sinfulness and in such a way that they will not find their way to him. Because, of course, only God knows that. But the things that people are doing that go against their very nature would strongly suggest that this is exactly what is happening. Romans 1 continues saying this, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice of them. Isn't this what is happening so much in the world today? Aren't there so many things being changed in society so all of these things can happen so that they are not only accepted, but even revered? We should be mindful of where this world could be at this very moment. Now, coming back to Saul, 
These very concepts help us understand what had happened to Saul. Saul was just not thinking straight anymore at this point in the passage we were reading because of his constant disobedience and rebellion against the Lord, because of his disregard for the Lord. So you see, when our relationship with God is damaged, everything in our life starts to suffer. We start to make wrong decisions. We even start to harm the innocent. Nothing truly good can be produced in our lives apart from the Lord. When we willfully disobey and rebel against the Lord, only evil can take place. Saul ended in a very bad place. Saul ultimately took his own life and got his children killed also. Even Jonathan, one of his children that was completely different to him, David's faithful friend. Why would something like that happen? It seems unfair that someone just would pay for someone else's unrighteousness. Well, that is what happens when a person gets to the point that even God turns away from them. Nothing good not only does not happen in their own lives, but they bring about evil on everything around them. This is something we really need to take note of. When a person leads a life of rebellion against the Lord, they not only affect their own life, but they affect others around them. That's why also this is a good warning to those that are fearful of the Lord, to those that do mean to do what is right before the Lord, that when there is such a disdain before the Lord in another person, that it is wise to take a little distance. It's not good to either depend on someone like that or be around someone like that because chances are you may be affected as well. This is what the Bible also teaches, and I know that this will either offend some people or be found to be very harsh to do. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it says this, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people, yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside, but those who are outside God judges? Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. And so... The Lord is referring to people that know the truth, that we should take distance from those that are in rebellion against the Lord. That's what went wrong with Jonathan, Saul's son. Even though Jonathan was good and fearful of the Lord, he didn't take any distance from Saul, despite knowing that Saul was in a very bad place before the Lord. This one main thing we can take away from this small view into Saul's life. If we choose to rebel against the Lord knowingly, after receiving God's truth, we put ourselves in a very bad position. And if this behavior is persistent and unyielding, it could go from bad to worse to the point that God may choose to dismiss you and let you follow down that dark path without any possibility for return. But when we return to the Lord, when we allow ourselves to be soft and compliant with the Lord, when we start to respect the Lord for who He is and what He has done for us, then everything starts to change for the good. We come back to experience His grace, His mercy, His goodness, the love that He so much wants to shed upon our lives. When our lives are in order before the Lord, everything starts getting fixed. Our relationship with the Lord gets repaired. This does not mean that we'll be perfect and that this life will be perfect because that is impossible at this time because we live in a fallen world 
And we will still need to deal with our own fallen nature within us, the sin that still dwells within us. God's hope for us is that we at least be sensitive to Him and to let His Holy Spirit work in us as we work to submit to Him to His direction. Oh, one final point is that we will never be able to either love others or even ourselves if we don't first learn how to love the Lord. Loving the Lord is the foundation and the key for everything. I know that we mentioned this passage repeatedly, but we do it because it is the most important thing to keep in mind as the first and greatest commandment. Jesus said it like this, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. This is the all of man, if you will. This is how we find eternal life and how we are even able to change our lives here and now. This is the root of all things that are good and the order must be followed precisely. We must first love the Lord with everything we are and then we are to love our neighbor and never the other way around. The motivator, the reason, the why for everything in our lives must be our love for the Lord. This is exactly what Saul got wrong. He did not love the Lord. Actually, quite the contrary, he dismissed the Lord. He did not obey the Lord. He just did whatever he wanted without taking God into account. God told him to do something and he went ahead and did something else. When you love the Lord, you do what he tells you to do. It's that simple. And this is where a lot of people get it wrong. If you ask many believers if they love God, they will say that of course they do and that God is everything to them. But rather than obeying the Lord and following what he teaches us to do, they live life like the world and submitting to the whims of their flesh. And like that, they say one thing, but do another thing, just like Saul. And in the end, they might think everything is fine, but it's not like that. That will never work with the Lord, for it is written, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And Jesus also said this, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. And so there it is. The only way we will be able to love the Lord is by doing what he tells us to do. And when we do what he tells us to do, then we will be able to effectively love others, even our enemies, and of course, ourselves. When we disobey the Lord, we will hurt others and ourselves. But when we love the Lord, we will help others and especially ourselves. Loving the Lord is the essential to everything in this life and eternity. There is nothing greater. And the only way we will love the Lord is by doing what He tells us to do. That is how salvation happens, and that is how we stay on track, and that is how we avoid harming others in any kind of way. Our love for the Lord will always take a person to honor, respect, and uphold in their lives what God says. 
and all of God's will is in his word. We don't need to guess. We don't need another source. The Holy Bible contains God's complete counsel to man, starting with the most basic and foundational building block, repentance and conversion. We are a sinful people, and the Bible teaches us that the way we embark in our search for God and abide on that path is by repenting and converting. That is what paves the way to salvation and what continues a process of transformation in our lives. This is also where we find God's grace and mercy, when we understand what is wrong and when we effectively not only ask for forgiveness, but when we effectively turn away from sin. This is a concept that the Lord teaches us through His Word. Ezekiel 33 says, Therefore you, O son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus you say, If our transgression and our sins lie upon us and we pine away in them, how can we then live? Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn away from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? Therefore you, O son of man, say to the children of your people, The righteousness of the righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness, nor shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in the day that he sins. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, but he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity, none of his righteous works shall be remembered, but because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die. Again, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. If he turns from his sin and does what is lawful and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has stolen, and walks in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of his sins which he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is lawful and right. He shall surely live. The only way that we will live eternally, according to the Lord, as by abiding in Him and by doing what He tells us to do, by obeying Him as best as possible, starting by the very basic, learning to love the Lord with everything we are, and then loving our neighbor, including our enemies as ourselves. This is the all of man and what will keep us on track to receive all of those things that the Lord has for those that love Him, just as He promised. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, blessing and honor and glory and praise and majesty be to you. Lord, help us to understand that we just need to follow what you tell us to do. Help us to understand, Lord God, that what you desire most is obedience. We may not necessarily understand it all, but that doesn't matter. We just need to have faith and to trust in who you are and what you have done for us and to just take your lead, Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, O Lord, to be sensitive to you. Help us, O Lord, to be soft and malleable and, and Lord God, just accommodating to what you want us to do. Lord God, I know that you know that it is not easy for us because we're sinful people. But Heavenly Father, help us, O oh God, 
to be able to understand, to see clearly that all you want is what is right and what is good for us. Help us, O Lord, to be able to understand that with all of our hearts. Help us, O God, to be able to learn how to love you and through that love to be able to do what you want us to do for our own good and for the good of those that surround us. Please, O God, remember us in your mercy and in your grace always. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.